0: This evening, before we conclude, close this evening, I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles with James chapter number one. We had to, I have had the privilege of working with uh, different people, being down in Saipan and after COVID and then realizing, as you saw from my video this evening, realizing that there, we had a lot of convenient Christians or, or like I'm sure you understand this, Sunday morning only Christians. Yeah, you only see them on Sunday morning a couple times a month. And it was like, come on, we need, to, we need to stand up. We need to be able to, to stay faithful to the Lord. And some of the things that we began to face and realize that, you know, we had people that had been in church been sitting in their, their spot in their pew that simply put weren't saved. That they came to the realization is, I need Jesus Christ. And then as, as that, that, that change began to come, and then the COVID hit, and then it, it, what it, COVID kind of did was it drew a line in the sand. And it, the, the line that it drew was those who were going to serve God, those who aren't. Those who are going to make excuses, those who are going to stay committed to the Lord. And I appreciate that and realize that God is in control. God allows things to happen for a reason. Too many times we want to sit back and say, why did this happen? What's going on? Wait, stop. There's a plan. There's a reason. I concluded this morning with the uh, Psalms 37, verse Verse 7, which says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. That aspect of waiting patiently in the Lord, realizing that as things happen, as, as, as the situations of our life come across, that there's a reason for it, that God has a plan. It is just for me to trust in God and to continue patiently moving forward. And here in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. You know, when we face the temptations around us, how does the Bible want us to face it? With joy. When we have difficulties in our life, how does God want us to face it? With joy. Why? next verse goes on and says, Knowing this, that the trying of our faith worketh. What's that next word? Patience. Ooh, there's a tough word. Sometimes we we have the wrong idea of patience. Because how many of you have heard that age-old saying, don't pray for patience. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> tough times are coming. Hey, we need to not have that kind of an attitude when it comes to the aspect of patience. Why? Because God is in control. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yep. Amen? Yeah. God is in control, right? Yes, sir. So it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Tell you what, as a, as a Christian and as a missionary especially, we were, I rely heavily on faith in the Lord. I rely on Him constantly because I, I was re- reading my Bible just this past week and I was looking over the, the, the Matthew chapter... 6, 7, and 8, as, as Jesus was sending out his disciples, many of us, we are concerned about how, especially us men, we want to make sure we take care of our family, make sure that we have what's needed, what's what, uh, be able to provide for our family, rightfully so. But there also comes a point, as me, as a, as a missionary, I also have to take that a step further, is to, to keep trusting in the Lord for our finances, for what God would have me to do. And I bring that across because when I left for the field back in 2014, I left to going to the field with plans to get married. I raised enough support for that, uh, for that amount. Thinking, oh, I'm excited. I don't know what God's going to do. Looking forward to marrying my wife. I was really excited about that. And so uh, after getting there, uh, God just didn't work it out so that way I could come back to the States and was there for uh, about eight years out there and had four children during that same time frame. And as anybody who has a family, children are not cheap. <laughs> Amen? That's it. Our support stayed largely the same. Thank the Lord, during COVID, let's see, a lot of churches are closed and there were struggles. But our support stayed the same. And I look at that aspect and I'm reminded of, of what Jesus had said to his disciples. To, you know, don't take, don't worry what you're going to eat. Don't, don't worry about taking money with you. Don't, just trust in me. God will provide. And I looked at that and looked at how God has provided for my family now over the past eight, eight to ten years. And I'm just like, wow, thank you, Lord. If I sat and worried, oh, what's going to happen? Do I have enough for this? Do I have enough for that? I, it's gonna, I'm not going to be any good for the Lord. I'm going to fall in that trap of, of fretting instead of saying, God, you're providing. I'm going to keep being faithful. God, please use me as an example for you. And I bring this across, it says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Verse 4 says, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God wants us to be at peace, not only to be at peace, but to realizing there's a reason difficulties come in your life. There's a reason that trial is there. Are you going to be patiently waiting to see what God's going to do with it? Or you are going to try and take hold of that yourself and say, I'm going to take care of this? Or, oh, what's going to happen and get ulcers and worry and stress? Keep going. There's a plan and there's a purpose. I also know that it was during our, when God moved uh, my wife and I to Saipan, I really, I know that God was in charge of it, not only for the people there, but also for our family because of the medical situations that are there in Palau, they're not good, to put it simply. But in Saipan, because they are part of the United States, they're much better. They have uh, uh, doctors and equipment and stuff like this. And that was important for my story because my third child, Abigail, when she was born, she was born three weeks early, and she couldn't breathe on her own. She was born, they had to take her immediately to the NICU and put her on a ventilator so that way she could breathe. Uh, Her lungs were underdeveloped, and she couldn't breathe. And one of the things that really scared my wife and I was the fact that she could die. It was a real possibility that was brought to our attention. It was like, wow, Lord, what are we going to do? That, that, and remembering that aspect that, hey, God had blessed us with this little girl. And for us to say, God, thank you. We realize we know that children are a gift from you. Now, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to take that and be able to say, hey, well, why, God, did you give us this child and now she could possibly die? Instead, we said, okay, Lord, thank you. And we, in a sense, needed what we needed to do is give her back to the Lord and say, God, what would you have us do? We're going to trust in you. If she dies, we're going to keep going. If it, We don't want her to die, of course, but we're going to keep trusting in you. And it was also during that time that... What, one of a prayer requests that my wife and I had uh, for our family was, Lord, please use our family as a witness and a testimony for you, to to reach people. Because sometimes they won't listen when you're trying to preach to them God's word, when you're trying to sit down with them. Instead, they're always watching. They'll be watching what you say, how you act, what you do. And it was like, Lord, are you gonna? What's going to happen with this situation? Well, thankfully, uh, as you've seen her running around here, within 10 days, uh, she made a full recovery and uh, came out of the hospital and and was fine. I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. They had uh, special medicines they were able to give her. Her lungs opened up, developed. I was like, okay, wow, thank you, Lord. And it brought across this verse is, let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting Nothing. God has a plan and a purpose. It is for me to stay faithful, to keep going, to keep being that witness and example, even when the difficult times come across our our path. I'll tell you what, I've met many people who are angry and bitter at the Lord for the death of a child or death of a loved one in their family. You know what? God knows. God knows. There's a plan. There's a purpose. Is God going to come down and tell you every detail about what his plans are? No. No. His plans are are, are not our plans. It's for me to humbly say, thank you, Lord, for my life. I'm going to keep following you. I don't always understand. I don't always see what's going to happen. But my faith is unshakable. I'm going to keep going. And it's through situations like that to which I can look back at this verse and said, thank you, Lord. Because it says, let patience have her perfect work. That ye may be perfect and entire Wanting nothing. God wants us to grow as Christians. He does not want us to stay babes in Christ. He wants us to be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Do you guys have a Wednesday evening? Wednesday, be faithful to these. Be faithful to passing out tracts. Be faithful to be a witness everywhere you can be. God doesn't want us to stay the same thing as we've been. Instead, he wants us to continually grow closer and closer to him. If we think, well, I'm a Sunday morning Christian, or I'm just here on Sundays, I don't have time for things. Why? Maybe God needs to send a storm in your life to help shake things up. Amen? Amen. I tell you what, some of my prayer requests in my own life is, Lord, please help me to learn from the small mistakes. So I don't have to learn from the big ones. Because either way, you're going to learn. And I tell you what, God is not like our public schools where when you you come across a test, he's just going to push you through. No, when you come across a test and you don't pass that test, guess what? You get to do it again and again and again until you pass those tests. Amen? Which also reminds me, go with me to Romans chapter number 5. How is it that we can stand? How is it that we have these things? Romans chapter number 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Wherefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How is it that we can stand when difficulties and trials and stuff come in our lives? It's because of Jesus Christ. Amen? And re- it says, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. So, we're supposed to count it all joy when he followed every temptation. Here it says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Christians, we understand that if we want to grow muscles, what do we need to do? Sit on the couch and watch TV and drink soda all day, right? <laughs> we won't grow any muscles except maybe our thumb muscles, amen? <laughs> you know what? When In order to grow muscles, we understand the fact that we've got to exercise. We've got to strain those muscles. We understand when we start some of those exercises, it's going to hurt. You know what? We need to also apply that to our spiritual muscles. We need to understand that we need to stretch ourselves as we grow spiritually. And some of those tribulations that come in our way are what helps us to grow. Because of what it goes on, it says, Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience. There's that word again. Associated with with the difficulties, tribulation works patience. And patience, experience. As we go through things, well, uh, God took care of me before. Guess what he's going to do now? He's going to continue. If God did it then, he's going to do it now. Patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I love the fact that God just doesn't allow the tribulations to come in our life and drop it, and that's it. No, he allows these tribulations to come and say, hey, are you going to trust me, or are you going to trust yourself? Are you going to trust me, or are you going to trust your job? Are you going to trust me, or are you going to trust something else out there? Trust me, and you will see God work. And then it goes, and you see how God says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts. God allows these things to come across so we can see his love in our lives. Amen. And I bring that across and It reminds me of the birth of our our little one, Elijah. When he was born, he was born nine weeks early and had a similar problem where his lungs were underdeveloped. And uh, it was a little bit scary at first. But then I had some experience already. I knew that God would take care. After, he, after nine weeks of being in the NICU, he too made a full recovery, no complications. And I could look back and say, thank you, Lord. I know that there's things coming in your way. I'm not going to allow these things, these, the, 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 these difficulties with my children to stop me from continuing to serve the Lord. And I tell you what, all of these happened while we were on the field. And that is something that could really scare a lot of people. But I use that as saying, hey, what's your excuse for not being in church? What's your excuse for not continuing to serve the Lord? My, my children uh, were in the hospital for how many weeks, but yet, hey, I'm still here. Amen. I'm still here. We need to keep serving the Lord. Got to keep being a witness. Got to allow the difficulties in our lives, to use them as a testimony for Christ. Because you know what? We have hope. Right. Amen? Amen. Right. What, what kind of hope do we have? We have hope of eternal life. And I tell you what, hell is real. Hell is real. It's not just some word that we use to describe a bad day. No, hell is a real place that real people are going to go and spend an eternity. Christians, do you love those around you? We need to make sure that we're being a witness to make sure that we see less people that will end up in hell. We need to say, hey, it's real to me. Pastor mentioned earlier, we, we, he gets angry because he sees so many that are standing up for what's wrong. Christians, is heaven real to you? Is, are you glad that you've escaped hell? Are you glad for the forgiveness of sins? Stand up. Make that something that is real in your own life. That way you can say, hey, I'm a Christian. What does that mean to me? It means that I'm looking forward to heaven. Can I tell you a little bit more about my God? Because I tell you what, you go out there and talk to a Muslim, ooh, they're so quick to tell you about their God. You start, when they start talking about these other cults and religions, they're quick to tell you about their God. Christians, are you quick to talk about your God? Or are you just quiet? like, well, you know, what if I offend them? Or you know, what if they get mad at me? Stop it! Isn't God real to you? Amen? We got to keep that continuously real in our life to say, hey, I love the Lord. And you know what? It has to be something that is part of our life. It has to be something that we're not like taking God's name in vain in euphemisms. Like uh, I'm in the process of teaching my children the Ten Commandments. And it it surprises me. I've come across families sometimes and they, they they say gosh instead of God. And I'm like, that's taking God's name in vain. You're still doing the same thing. Look up the definition of that word. It means the same thing. Christians, it has to be something we say. We say, God bless. We say, Lord willing. It has to be part of who we are, our everyday life. That way they can see Christ in us. Amen? We can't be Sunday morning only Christians. where We put on a suit of clothes. We go to church. As soon as we go home, we take off that suit of clothes. And we look and, li- we look and act like just like everybody else. No, instead it needs to be every single day. Something we take with us. Some we say, hey, I don't want this person to go to hell. God, give me the words to say so I can witness to that one person. Amen. Maybe we need a little bit more tribulations in our lives to help us stay better focused. Amen. We need to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations because our faith needs to grow. Amen. Amen. As we close tonight in a word of prayer, with heads bowed and eyes closed, do you know the Lord tonight? Hell is a real place, and real people are going to go there and spend eternity. And it's only through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we can have hope of eternal life. Pastor.